Hi there, my name is Matthias, and I'm a psychotherapist in Spokane, Washington, and this is a podcast where I just talk about what's meaningful in life and moving towards health, moving towards what matters amidst hardship, amidst difficulty, and really today we're talking about that quite proximately. It's it's meaning and satisfaction, that's the topic of today's episode. I'm really excited to show you too, because I've actually been maybe rereading through a lot of the material that inspired this podcast originally, so... Uh, this is the audio, for those of you who've been kind of listening along, these are all kind of the audio uh, versions of the videos that I've been posting for the last year. And so I posted this video in May of 2019, no, 20, uh, 2020, yeah, 2020. And it was, it was really kind of when I was first introduced to these ideas and they were so meaningful and just kind of taking root. And I, I remember being so inspired and then really being inspired also by seeing how these ideas really changed people's lives around me. The the, um, my clients that I was working with, fellow clinicians, when I have conversations about finding meaning and satisfaction amidst hardship, these, this is uh, this is kind of really what inspired and started it all in a sense was, was coming to a very grounded, uh, maybe explanation and understanding in my own heart of what it means to find meaning and satisfaction, um, in what one does in the world and in the midst of hardship too, and that's that's an important qualifier. It's not just in place of or to transform the suffering, but it can exist alongside of it. And that's, I'll, I'll talk all about that. But all that to say, I've been, um, I've been reading a lot more as of late and rereading a lot of these books and some of the original like psychological journals that, that I did beforehand and actually taking like a deeper dive into the minutia of the psychological theory, things like functional contextualism, contextual behavioral science. And it's just a well that keeps going and going and going. And so I think I'm going to actually I don't know, not maybe do a part two, but maybe do more, expand these ideas more in the future, do future videos, really kind of adding to this. And uh, because I just think there's so much here. So I'm excited. I'm excited for you to be introduced to these ideas in the same space that I was kind of um, in my own heart and mind. So enjoy today's episode. Today, we're talking about meaning and satisfaction. And this isn't really going to be a talk about like what the meaning of life is per se. It's, it's more going to be the psychological dynamics that need to be in place in order to experience meaning or fulfillment or satisfaction in your life. So you could think of like three containers that, um, that meaning is filled into. So the substance of meaning has to fall into place in these three different areas psychologically in order to feel fulfilled. And so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today, the container. Um, it could be filled with lots of different things. People kind of fill their life with meaning in different ways. But um, I wanted to share those three things with you today. I, I used to work a job. My first job when I was um, 18, I got a job at a Chinese restaurant and uh, I was a busboy. And I, I hated <laughs> I hated this job so much. Uh, and it was just, it was a job that was like characterized by lots of very specific mundane tasks that were completely like that felt at the time completely arbitrary and useless. Like taking dishes into the dish pit, cleaning them, putting the dishes back where, you know, the waiters could get them to only be dirtied up again 10 minutes later and for me to take them back into the dish pit. It was just like this cycle. And uh, rolling silverware um, was the same kind of thing. I was in charge of like filling the chili oil and um, there was times when I'd spill it on my hands and it would just burn my hands. There was a time actually I spilled the whole tub of chili, like a big five-gallon thing, and it just fell right all down the front of me and that was miserable. Um, 
I'd pour egg drop soup and burn my hands on the soup. And it was just like, it was one of those jobs I was just so incredibly frustrated with and it wasn't like attached to any sort of like significant meaning or purpose in my life at all. And I was just miserable. And I wonder for how many of us, we feel like we're in a situation like that right now where it's like, maybe it's a job that you just, kind of like mine, where it's just like, you're just clocking in and clocking out and counting the minutes down and it has nothing to do with any of your interests or anything that you're good at or anything that matters to you. It's just mundane and pointless and and uh, you're around people that are grumpy and um, just it's, it's just a draining environment. Um, maybe you're uh, raising kids and you're a mom staying home and if you were just being honest with yourself, there's so much fatigue and frustration and uh, you just feel so tired and overwhelmed that sometimes you just think to yourself, maybe I was never meant to be a mom. And then that thought is immediately followed by just this rush of guilt and shame. Like, what did I just say? Like, did I really just think that? And it's like, you know, there's no, there's no escape from this situation. It's not like you can change a job. Like you can find a different situation. You can't change kids. It's just, you're just in this, you know, this is just your lot and you just got to suck it up. But when you think about it, it's just waking up every day, you know, to the early morning uh, tasks of being a mom. It's just like, oh, all right another day. Um, you know, there could be tons of different circumstances, I think, that people struggle with when it comes to finding genuine meaning and satisfaction in their life. And I think we experience a lot of guilt when we're in situations where we feel like we should be finding meaning, like in the task of raising kids, like we, we should be happy about this, but, but we're not. Or we're in a job that we feel like like, okay, like I get to provide for my family. I get to be doing all this, you know, I get to be achieving things that are important to me. Like I shouldn't be whining. I shouldn't be complaining. And we just kind of shove down these feelings of discontentment out of guilt or obligation. And we're left without really maybe taking a deep look at what is the substance of the meaning of why I'm doing this or, and, and that thing never gets addressed. And so I want to talk about that. I want to address that. So here's the first thing to think about. Here's the first thing to consider. What is the overarching story to why you're doing what you're doing? And you can think of it maybe like a mountain. So like, what's the mountain peak? Because depending on what the mountain peak is, that's going to totally change your trajectory and your journey up this mountain. Okay. So that's going to determine if you walk on this ledge or if you climb this rock or if you hike this trail, it's like every action that you go through throughout the day has to do with your end goal, kind of that journey towards the mountain peak. Like what's that peak? And there's, there's three kinds that you could think about, you know, when I'm working with clients, there's three kinds of maybe overarching life goals that people attach to. The first one would be uh, maybe like a negatively stated goal, something like, I don't want to end up like my mom or I need to get out of this city. I need to get out of this neighborhood. Or I don't want to be a failure. I want to, you know, like I want to, uh, I want my life to actually matter. Not like my dad, the da, 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 you know, I want to actually do something, you know, and, and that's, it's, it's probably the least functional of the, of, of the overarching stories, but it's better than nothing, right? So it's better than nothing, but it's probably the least functional. And for this reason, it's like, you know, negatively stated goals are motivated by fear. And if your whole life is just motivated by trying to escape something or run away from something, run away from a label, run away from um, a past trauma, run away from ending up like dot, 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 then that's going to be a life just full of anxiety. 
and full of um, really negative emotion. And so, because here's the reality is like, just because you're escaping something, just because you're not something doesn't mean you are something else. And just because you, um, you know, you didn't end up like your mom didn't mean that you ended up like something superior to your mom. And that might sound kind of harsh. I'm just saying that there, there might be something more to infuse into, into how you describe that goal to yourself because the absence of something doesn't imply the presence of something better. It's just the absence of it. And so that kind of leads to the second type of kind of overarching goal, which would be a positively stated goal, but a positively stated temporal goal, meaning I want to be a millionaire. Um, I want to start a company. Um, I want to uh, provide for my kids college. Um, you know, like it's, it's very, I want to, again, maybe like I want to get out of this neighborhood and become a movie star, or become a, an actor or get in the NBA. Like it's, it's very like specific and very like, um, tangible and temporal and it's not get good, you know, sorry, it's not bad to have specific goals, but they need to be subservient or underneath of a larger overarching goal. Cause here's the problem with a tangible goal like that. It's like, you're reserving all your happiness for that one moment. And it's like, you can't be happy or satisfied or fulfilled until you hit that goal, until you win the championship, until you get the million dollar mark, until you get married, until you become a mom. It's like, you're not experiencing happiness all the way up until that point. And then you don't experience any satisfaction after because it's like, you hit your goal. Now what? Your life's kind of meaningless because I did it. And what we find is that the emotional payoff that we're anticipating doesn't really pan out because a million dollars doesn't feel that much different than having $990,000. And maybe, you know, the process to getting there isn't as drastically contrast and different than actually achieving it. And, and so maybe that leads to the third kind of goal, which would be something that is maybe outside of the self, something that isn't just kind of focused on a temporal specific thing, but something that you can contribute to today and tomorrow and 10 years from now. And at the end of your life, you can feel like you contributed to. So something like, I want to build an environment where my kids can flourish. That's my goal. And what's great about that is you can do that when they're an infant. You can do that for when they're um, a teenager. You can do that when, you know, they're raising their kids and you're a grandparent. And so maybe you do, maybe you have goals underneath that. Like I want to be able to provide for their college and maybe you only end up being able to afford paying for their freshman year, but that's okay. And that's fine because maybe, okay, that was helpful to pay for their freshman year. And they took out a couple loans and they'll pay it off. They found a job. Maybe they didn't get to hang out with their friends as much, but they're still flourishing. And at the end of the day, end of the day, that was the goal that they would flourish. And so maybe, you know, so maybe your goal could be like, I want to make the city better than when I found it. So when you're starting your business, maybe you're not riding or dying on that business succeeding. Maybe you go through a couple different business ideas, a couple different entrepreneurial endeavors in the effort of creating a company that, I don't know, uh, promotes the well-being of single mothers or uh, creates jobs and opportunities for people in hard circumstances to rise up, that creates a product that makes lives better and that enriches people's lives. So that there's some flexibility to a story like that that, um, that allows you to feel good about yourself. And what's nice about it being outside of yourself is that it's not necessarily your job to fulfill the entire thing. So while it's your job to be a millionaire, if that's your goal, it's like, I gotta be a millionaire. You're the only one that can make that happen. Something like improving the lives of the poor or, um, 
you know, like uh, being a, a positive influence in your neighborhood, making your neighborhood better is something that you're actually joining the larger community in, in manifesting. And so there's a sense of rich reward and satisfaction, not just in your contribution, but maybe the team effort in being able to do something like that. And uh, you're less defensive. It's less uh, anxiety provoking. So um, that's, that's a thought. The second uh, thing to think about is maybe the aspect of taking responsibility willingly, willingly taking responsibility and ownership for things that fall outside of your direct obligations. And what I mean by this is when you look in the world around you, when you look in just your immediate environment, there's tons of things that are just off and not okay. There's tons of things that are in disarray, disorganized, um, not as good as they could be. And that aren't necessarily your job to fix. But if you did, if you willingly took that on, not because a boss told you to, not because you felt like obligated to, but with maybe a heart of like, okay, no, I want to take ownership over this. You might find that that's incredibly satisfying. So here's, here's an example would be your friend texts you and is like, Hey, my kid is in the hospital. Um, would you be praying for him? Would you be thinking of him? And you're like, yeah. And you could, you have two options. Maybe you could text back and be like, yeah, um, I'm, I'm praying for him. I'm sorry, man. Let me know if you need anything. And the second option would be to take ownership and responsibility outside of something that's directly your obligation and show up to the hospital, bring a meal, sit with them in the waiting room while their kid is in surgery, hold them. What do you think the satisfaction level would be on those two actions? Shooting a text, praying for you and showing up. What do you think would be more meaningful? That dynamic exists on every level of every activity in every environment that you're in. When you're, so when I'm at, you know, the, uh, the Chinese food restaurant, for me, it was making sure that my station was perfect. And, and I, I, to be honest with you, I had a bad attitude a lot of the time and I was lazy and I just tried to do the minimal amount of effort, but nothing will make a job worse than putting in the minimal amount of effort and just trying to get away with the least amount that you're like officially obligated to put in. Nothing will make you more miserable on your shift and make the hours go slower than just trying to get away with the least amount of work possible. And, and I'm telling you, like, and this has been the case in every job that really I've worked. So like what comes to mind is I, I used to work at Guitar Center and uh, I, if I'm being honest, a lot of the time, there was, there was days where I was just kind of hiding out in the bathroom or just like trying to kind of get away with not having to wipe down the glass counters where, you know, the, the equipment was inside or, and those, those days where I was just being lazy and I was trying to get away with the least amount that I could were the most miserable shifts I had. Like they were, it was not fun to, uh, to be there, but the days that I really focused on being present with my clients, uh, taking an interest in the music that they were making and asking about it when I didn't have to. Um, maybe doing some extra work researching on the kind of gear that might fit their needs in particular, even though I didn't need to do that. Showing up to their concerts. Um, the days where I cleaned the bathroom, even though it wasn't my job to do bathroom duty that day, just because I wanted to be kind to my coworkers. The days where I brought in donuts for everyone in the morning. Those were the times that actually enriched and made my shift better and actually led to more fulfillment and satisfaction in that job. Because here's the thing, my boss was happy with me because I'm taking a bigger interest in my clients. My clients were happy with me because they actually felt like a genuine amount of like interest in, in what I was doing for them. And then my coworkers liked me more because I was in a good mood and I was dependable. And I, you know, 
it, it, it like cascaded all the way down. And you might find that you enjoy your job a lot more when your boss, clients, and coworkers like you. <laughs> and uh, you might find that it's more enriching. And here's another thought too. You might just think like my job just sucks and if I was in a better job, then I'd be happier. But people don't wanna hire people who put in the minimal amount of effort and are just whining about you know, what sucks about their job and, and don't try to do anything about it. People wanna hire people who enrich the environment and take ownership and responsibility for stuff outside of their direct you know, obligations. I mean, think about it. Have you ever been in a management position? Maybe you, maybe you are a business owner. Maybe you're a parent. Like, isn't it refreshing when you have an employee or, or when your kid takes initiative to do something you didn't have to ask him to do it? Don't, doesn't that just build so much rapport and so much like, oh, thank goodness. Like that was awesome. Like the kinds of people who ascend into the kind of job that would make you happier are the kind of people who enriched the environment of a job that wasn't all glamorous and great. And, and that gets to our third maybe perspective, which would be the quality of action or the quality or maybe the adjectives that you would use to describe the kind of work that you do or the kind of person that you are. Um, Viktor Frankl is a psycho, was a psychoanalyst that uh, endured the Holocaust and was in the concentration camps and observed and just watched people the Nazis would do things that were just specifically geared towards breaking people's will. Like carrying these 50 pound sandbags just across a two mile compound in the snow barefoot, um, only to then pick them up and carry them across the compound again to put them back where they were originally. They would do things purposefully just to break their spirits and to give them meaningless work. But what Viktor Frankl noticed during his time observing this was it was the people who had an ingrained sense of the quality of their work or a larger story about who they are in the midst of the work that kept their spirits and weren't broken. It was uh, the father who was carrying this sandbag alongside of his daughter and wanted to show his daughter what it looked like to endure suffering with honor, to endure hardship with character and integrity and perseverance. And there's a story about the self that some of these people in the Holocaust, um, you know, war that was, I'm going to endure this and, and find the purpose in, not in the kind of work that I'm doing, but how I do the work. And the work is almost regardless. The work is almost like a variable that doesn't even matter. It's like, it, it, it's the integrity by which I do the work that matters. And that was something that the Nazis couldn't touch. That no amount of discouragement or no amount of like pointless work could break. It was if they held that. It was if they held on to that hope, but held on to that um, stoutness of character. What is that for you? What adjectives would you use to describe the work that you're doing? The things that matter to you. Maybe for you that could be I'm gonna focus on the details. I'm gonna be someone who really focuses on doing the work well. Maybe I'm, I'm someone who does the work with compassion and kindness. That no matter what situation I'm in, I'm gonna focus on, and that when people describe the how of my work, I want them to think he did it with compassion and intentionality and kindness, or with gentleness. Or maybe uh, you want people to think of like, no, I did it with, um, with the thought of how it, my actions are affecting other people, like with an inclusiveness or with a 
um, amount of empathy towards others. Uh, you know, the, the, the adjectives can, can span a lot of things. The adjectives maybe you want to avoid are really production or um, like, uh, again, temporal maybe adjectives of like, I want to produce the most amount of work of anyone. You know, I want to be the hardest worker there. I want to, um, you know, I want to be someone who just like the output and, and I want to be number one salesman. Like, you know, some of those, those, those goal-oriented adjectives, they can be helpful if they're underneath the maybe kind of more, you know, um, transcendent adjective of, no, I'm going to do what I do with quality and with heart. And I'm telling you that that can change any kind of circumstance. I remember when I was working that PF Chang's job, oh, um, or the Chinese food job, I, uh, I had to roll silverware for nine hours. Um, some shifts, like maybe once, twice a week, I, I had to, um, I just had to roll silverware for it to be taken out and then unrolled and then used, put in the dish pit and I had to roll it up again. And it was just, again, one of those jobs that just felt pointless. And, and I just thought, you know what I'm going to do during this shift is I'm just going to pray for every single person here for the entire nine hours that I'm going to be here. And I did, um, a different day. It would be, I'm going to try to make like an actual, like kind connection with each person here during my shift as, as I'm rolling silverware. So I wouldn't roll silverware in the back where I could just listen to a podcast and not think of anyone. I would be maybe out, not in the way, but kind of out in front, um, you know, in the kitchen area where people could see me and I would be looking at people and just trying to make eye contact and smile with them. Because the quality of my work wasn't just about the silverware, it was about who I am in this environment. And I wanted to make something better. And I still have friends from that job that I see I don't know how long it's been, nine years since I've worked there and still in contact with a few of them. And uh, that kind of thing matters. And so when we think about the three containers that meaning has to maybe fall into psychologically, there has to be a larger story. What's the story of what you're trying to do in your life? Are you trying to make the world better? Is your story have to do with not just improving the life of yourself, but other people as well? Is it transcendent? Um, do you have a focus on taking ownership and responsibility for things that fall outside of your purview? Like, can you look in your environment and find something out of order and fix it? Because here's the thing. If you do that, even about mundane things, you do that once a day, 365 days a year for 10 years. Think of like the dramatic change to the environment that would take place. Like that compounds, that kind of intentionality, even on small, mundane, seemingly insignificant things, compounds and produces meaning and satisfaction. And then the third would be the quality of action that transcends just the specific work that you're doing, but actually like imparts a genuine sense of meaning. Because it's not just about the work you're doing, it's about how you're doing it. Um, I think that's how we experience satisfaction. That's how we experience fulfillment. And I think other people can tell. Our kids can tell. Our employers can tell. Our professors can tell. When you endure hardship, but with quality, and with a story, and with an ambition, or with a... Um, stoutness of character that isn't touchable by 
the disorganized circumstance. It makes the world better. And it makes people's lives better, including yours. So that's my reflection for the week. Hope you have a happy Friday. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>